and I assume this is a recording space too, because I do see some baffles up in the corner there. Yeah, yeah. This is a like a little listening room that I have with a couple. I got a a a, a Moog uh, sub thirty seven and a and a Roland and and nice. uh, really nice studio speakers and um uh back on the record um we we have a dream to not a dream we'll make it a reality where we're going to eventually put out some live some live petty material that yeah. we've been doing and through the years yeah through the years and uh so that's part of what i've been setting up is to get ready to do a lot of listening because i record a lot of shows over all those years and it's about finding ones that that you know have what we have <laughs> there was thoughts of maybe donating all you know we would well, donate we, everything we to that, yeah. mike campbell's charity you know? yeah, well, we'll, we'll, do, yeah right? we'll do musicians we'll do the we have to <laughs> the, uh uh well you know the um uh the dog charity and the uh you know the various things and both both really tom's charities and, and mike and mike campbell's charities would be the right way to do it because it's really not about the money it's about we have a lot of people asking us for material we're like well yeah. just go back to tom's material and they're like well but we want the way you guys do it live and you're yeah. And we're like okay mm -hmm. so we're excited well, that's, a good, that's a good place to jump in then because that's one thing first of all watching your you guys videos two things stand out for me straight away is one the audio quality is better than most you know what's called major acts that you get around so that's super cool that you're taking those obviously taking those off the board and i'm assuming then you're post you're doing post mixing on there and, and balance and everything which is super super cool because that's that attention there's no overdub though and it's still live okay. <laughs> but yeah. yes that is what we're doing yeah oh man that's a, that's a hot button topic right now right playing to tracks yeah <laughs> so... yeah right i mean there's that whole thing anyway that's we're getting off yeah. topic there but and then the right. second thing was just how good you guys sound and you're not it's not that facsimile approach to playing an artist's music. You're going out there, you're finding the bones of the song, and then you're playing it from your perspective, which I love. And I think that's probably where that comes from, right? Is people say, yeah, I want to hear dancing in this song, and I want to hear the the three-minute uh, piano intro at the beginning of uh, Woman in Love, right? That's that's really, really cool, and that's a bit of value that you throw back to the fans. Yeah. I mean, I think we have this balance. I think what we say internally, it's sort of like 30% uh the studio 30 percent live and sort of you know the 30 percent of of us putting our own stamp on it there. you know yeah. kind of and i think um i mean it's it would be very um would be very on tom to try to play exactly like tom yeah. and uh or to dress up like tom like a lot of bands do yeah you know, I mean, you know uh hey each, each to their own each but their own but that's not what we're into and i think we they, their material evolved so well live it's so yeah. interesting what happened with it live. I love hearing these later live versions. And so we'll take that as source material and go, wow, what, what are they doing here? Check out this great breakdown in Honeybee that Benmont plays on piano. They didn't do that a lot, but they did that during that one era. We yeah. don't yet, but it's some, one of my dreams is to say, hey, I, this is a really cool moment. However, we interpret it, but it's a very cool moment. So is that a decision that you took really early on then? Dan, were you both? Did you both start the band, or Dan was? No, it? we actually. Here's the story in, in a nutshell: okay. is that um, I joined from a Craigslist ad, uh, <laughs> and the band was called Petty Theft. Start that way. <laughs> I know it's true. Uh, but this is interesting. So uh, I joined this band as a guitar utility, guitar and keyboard guy, and they were called Petty Theft. But I didn't know what they were at the time, and I met them, um, and uh, it was a mixture of about seven or eight Petty songs with covers uh from other artists and then original songs a lot so um i joined the band i passed the audition <laughs> and um, <laughs> right uh and then uh we did about four or five shows 
and it was kind of you know the singer was he was decent but it wasn't the way i wanted it to go and i felt like i was going to kind of get out and uh but then i thought you guys have this great name and they had nothing to do with petty right it was the the logo was a guitar with a uh handcuff around right. the neck right it had nothing to do with Tom <laughs> petty i'm like you guys got eight songs what do you think if we did a full-on thing? Let's just learn the rest of the. I think we the, had a. I think we had a special dinner with just a subset of the band. Yeah. where We then hijacked the band <laughs> away from some of the other people. We kind of did, and nothing to take away how they were <laughs> as musicians. But yeah, we I we asked the when we came up with the idea to go, let's do this, the three of us. The the singer didn't want to do it. Right. He said, "I really want to pursue my original stuff." And yeah, okay. So we auditioned a front guy because I I was thinking of it or and you weren't thinking of it at the time you know i didn't we didn't know where we we're going with it or we yeah. needed something to look like them we didn't know um looked at like four or five people and just like no 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 and then the drummer said dan you know you're a singer why don't you try let's you know really learn you know about four or five and and let's get together at my house and we'll play them and so we did and uh it kept worked out. They said there. you're hired. Yeah. <laughs> I said, really? Okay. And um, you know, I I am a, a petty fan, but I wasn't like a diehard petty fan. So I had to really get in into that music. And now, after 20 years of exploring him and the deep cuts and his songwriting, I mean, I really have come to just love and appreciate what he's all about, you know, more than I ever would have thought I would have. So that was a neat yeah. thing. I mean, Dan, just to just to not, Dan was a lead singer in original bands for many years. He's a front man. He's been a yeah. front. Yeah. Um, in, and I mean, you should, you know, talk about, I mean, you have had some amazing bands and some amazing early. A couple of, well, it was a band called Frontline in the 80s and um, kind of like a, wanted to be a Toto kind of band okay. out of Marin County. Uh, we won the Yamaha Soundcheck um, the first year. They had this big competition in California. We were the top six picked to uh to do this contest from yamaha out of like five thousand tapes and we were picked we went nice. down to LA, opened up for bruce hornsby at the uh um santa monica civic with all these judges and quincy jones and henley and it was really exciting oh my god came in second, came in second place winner goes to the budacon to, to do the international contest but we got a lot of you know la labels and stuff and, and cards at the time we were there and very exciting time meeting all my idols and uh but it, it didn't pan out in the long run and then uh the 90s was a band called east of eden not the british one um <laughs> okay. from the 70s uh and we charted on uh college radio in 70 or uh, 97 uh, and then did some touring college campuses and things. And then I kind of took a break after like, you know, not seeing it go to fruition. Um, we were close, but uh, everything was really close. But, you know, yeah. how the industry is. Took some time off, had some kids, house dad for a while. And then I, you know, wanted to kind of play again. So I put ads out on Craigslist and also answered, you know, at ads on Craigslist. So that's kind of how it kind of retooled back in. And then this thing kind of fell in my lap and then it went, we just went with it. Thank Craigslist. Yeah, <laughs> Craigslist. I mean, it really was. It's kind of crazy, but, um, you know. Well, I think, you know, I think Dan does have this amazing voice. It's not, it's, oh. it's no intent of trying to be, to sound like Tom, elements yeah. of you. Yeah. But it's his, it's him, it's his voice. And um, I think, I mean, your Beatles, your, your Beatles experience. To Huge me, Beatles fan. Yeah. Huge Lennon vocal fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I People mean, don't talk he, about him as a vocalist enough. Oh, God. I mean, I just think he's, I mean, it's the growl. It's the twist and shouts to the, 
you know, Haji Loveaway, the, the subtlety of his voices. And then, uh, yeah, I can go on and on about it. But that's where I come from. Also, a really R&B influence of Marvin Gaye, Sly Stone. Those are the people Soul. I really listen to. Soul. Yeah. So I got that was that's kind of my influence for that. So I kind of throw that in there. It's kind of me. I might get a little busy at times at the <laughs> band when we first started out to kind of hey, dude, just go, you know, get the concept <laughs> first, learn it, and then do your thing. And and so I did. You know, I took some good advice from Rory, our drummer at the time, to kind of like learn, learn what he's doing and then change it. And I did that. So but he plays good as you saw in some of the video, he plays yeah. good. Upside, upside down, down. Oh, man it I freaks, to be like, oh. freaks me out dude I, it, it is and i'm right-handed <laughs> and the reason being is that i wanted to be like paul mccartney when i saw them and one of the <laughs> a few influences saw them on at sullivan when i was about four and i noticed that he was the his guitar was going the other way yeah. so ukulele in the ukulele in the room and um used to mimic the songs put on the record do she loves you and look in the mirror and be a beetle and so i got used to <laughs> the rhythm of lefty not knowing as a child that that was upside down at all and then as time you know went on i started to pick up a guitar and get serious about it no one told me to turn it back upside down in my house so i just kind of <laughs> learned and became a songwriter because of that reason is i didn't know how to record or anything but i made them up in my my mind yeah what i thought was you know d i thought this was super c major seven i didn't know at the time but here's this beautiful chord so i was finding all that stuff out upside and, down and upside down <laughs> yeah. so, so it's too really, late to go back to, it's fun to watch know? him and then and then like if i'm if, if i'm learning something and i'm watching him it's it's difficult to to yeah try to it it. even it though I'm, I'm the bass yeah. player i mean it's definitely it's like okay it's more about you now yeah i can't yeah. Hard to read it upside down. So I think the break just makes it work. I mean, I I don't yeah. know how. Um, now that, guitar, that, that guitar has to have the uh, the most pristine pit guard in the world, though, because it never gets downstruck, right? You know, it's it's never hitting it. Hit <laughs> yeah, and the top is awful on the other side because I hit, bang the crap out of it. You know. Yeah, yeah I mean, there, and also I can't like be a session player to go to read the charts that way. I can't play that in 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 inversion at all. You know, but I yeah. can do stuff that other things can't do or other people can't play. You know the top end and what works on rhythm. So it's you know it's unique and it's me. You know, yeah. I mean when we're learning some of the you know when he's learning some of these uh, <clears throat> interesting acoustic with with capos, there's definitely like he's like all right that I can do right, and yeah. that I I, ha I have to do differently because right. I can't get that those certain notes to yeah. ring constantly. Wildflowers, there's a top um, G yeah. top G that he holds on it through the progression, yeah. and I can't do that. Yeah, so it sounds like. Let's see, just give you an example. It's like um, it would be, and this this note would stay all the way through, but I have to go. Yeah. Right. Instead of going, and this this note stays all the way through, and I can't do that. So, but yeah. it, and it's you know, it kind of works. But, but I think that what that does though is it gives the way that you're performing these songs personality. Which is yeah. what the Heartbreakers were always about, right? I mean, that right. again, yeah, as a right. as a music fan, it's the same thing when you go see a band and you know, oh, they're great. They play the songs exactly like they sound on the album. Well, then why would I pay music to go see them? I'll just stay home and save the headache of going, getting dressed up and going out. I right. want to see a performance. I want to see someone sing from the heart, play right. them the way they play them, and you know, mean it. Yeah. So, I think that's the success of this band for twenty years. You know, um, is that you know that it comes from the heart. You know, yeah. people that say it after a show, they say, you guys, you know, you, you know, you have Tom Petty's essence. It's not necessarily you sound like Tom Petty, 
but you have the energy and the essence of what the Heartbreakers were all about as yeah. a band. You know, there's also, also a really good band too. Really, really tight. Because that's, you know, I'll just fanboy oh. with you, Django, for a second. Like that rhythm section oh. is spot yeah. on, my friend. It's amazing. Oh, my God. Oh, right on. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, you know, there's Adam. There's the end. Yeah. Adam, uh, he uses the nickname Bagel, uh, Adam Berkowitz. Uh, <laughs> he's an incredibly solid drummer. And there's a whole element of, I mean, there's also the element of between Ferroni and Stan's drum styles around which one played swing slightly different. But yeah. I mean, Adam is puts a kind of a swing in what he's doing. And yeah. uh, it's like a black, I don't almost call it a blend of both, maybe. You yeah, know? we're a little right. funkier. Uh, yeah, you know? I think that's I would say part of our know? musical, his musical background. He was an he was an, an engineer and a producer of a lot of different styles of music. And it's that's inside his drum style as well. Yeah, and we played with, with Steve Ferroni, sat in with us, you know, oh, three man, I saw that. Yeah. So the cool thing is, though, I noticed is that, you know, he really, you know, it's a different feel from what, what we do. So yep. when when we did the four or five or six songs, it, they, you have to adapt to what, you know, the real Heartbreaker is doing. Yeah. You know, it's it's a trip because it's like, wow, you know, and a little slower, we're a little edgier, yeah. things yep. like that. But, um, you know. I love both of them and what a thrill it was for have that that beast up there playing you know well, such was, a nice guy like, too hey every interview oh he's just got a, a grin from ear to ear he just loves yeah. music he's just yeah. you know yeah what and, a and, thrill. and has what a, a thrill has a specific swing too when you talk about that that's something you know a guitarist has a very specific vibrato a singer has a very specific vibrato drummers have a a swing that it's sometimes hard to make like um the track on hypnotic eye fault lines I can't sure. get that bossa nova thing that he's doing on the ride belt. I I, I know the notes, yeah, but I can't yeah. play it like Steve Ferroni plays it because I can't but, quite get yeah. that swing right. Right, so it's yeah. which is frustrating. But yeah. also, you think, okay, well, I'll just I'll give him that. <laughs> so I mean, for for us, just to talk on the Ferroni the Ferroni experience. I mean, the 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 first the first time we played with him, he was sitting on the side of the stage. I mean, we 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 obviously talked that we would play a couple songs together. But he came. He he just came out on during. I won't back down. Yeah. And he was basically said to his friend next to him. I I know this song. You know, it's like <laughs> know so. He just came out and sat and started playing with us. Yeah. Not even a song we had planned. We right. Had, you know, we had planned. A he couple came of out songs. early. He so came out early. So halfway through our song, we have to, which was a good thing for the audience, which is good for the. You it's know. really good for us to yeah. do. Yeah. It was intense. Uh, but there's two drum sets next to each other, and it's Adam on on one, and obviously Steve's kit. And um, and that was amazing to have that yeah. first time, yeah. you know, experience. To play. That was like Christmas. Yeah, <clears throat> it was like the Christmas. first time was like, yeah, this day. Yeah, you know, the and excitement. Then, and then we did another one that was outside in Mill Valley at an event the next where, year, I think, where we 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 sort of you know this time again talked to him. Hey, do you want to play some more songs? What you know? And he's like, I'd like to play these six or something <laughs> <laughs> or five. You know, I think it, it was four. Get it was four, and then the last time was like six. So or then, seven. yeah, then the kept third getting time, better. Better. The third time was an event in Berkeley that was very close to where the Greek the Greek theater is, which is the last time we saw Petty in the in the Bay Area, saw Tom play in the Bay Area. So it was uh, you know, it was pretty, pretty moving moment. And it was um it was after he had passed away. And um that was like, you know, we laying out these songs with him and he's and he's like, Well, Steve, what do you want to play? I mean, it's yeah. up to you know, and so he he picked a lot of songs and that that again is pretty wild but you know playing good to be king with steve ferroni oh like, man yes yeah. <laughs> there were these were his his favorites yes yeah yeah so which was like amazing it's so know. cool too that like ferroni is you know i mean he's a session drummer he's played with everyone everyone he, just, he, he was going out on tour with mayor and that obviously got covid and that got short-lived but he doesn't need to keep going out and playing these old songs but you can tell that it's because he really genuinely loves them 
and he yeah. probably misses playing them live, right? So any yeah, opportunity yeah. he gets to come out and play with people he knows, and obviously that's the other thing as, as a good testament to you guys' ability is he's not going to come and sit in with a band who can't play, right? So yeah, he's no, he's not. no. It's a, it's uh it was the icing on the cake for the experience of yeah. being in a tribute band and starting yeah. out small bars and, and, and then and, up with a and he's breaker. We're behind. looking up and he's sitting up on the balcony and he watched our whole thing yeah, the, set, which is already so cool. Yeah, you know, so it's made like, our drummer a little nervous, but yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, but I never got to play side to side with them on a bunch of stuff. So, so that was great for Adam to do too. Because yeah. Adam, you know, knew that he, yeah. such a world renowned player too. Absolutely. So, oh, cool. and and Adam actually, we I arranged uh, at one point. Um, Adam uses one of those um, Steve Ferroni Black Beauty snares right. as his main snare. So that he's had that snare for quite some time. One of those Gretsch snares, it's great. So, Beautiful uh, instruments. So, yeah. how was the rest of the band put together? Then? Because you've got yeah, Monroe, Adam, Michael, and Stephen fill out the rest of the band. I mean, it sticks like the Heartbreakers. We, yeah. uh, you know, I'd say, I mean, we well, have Michael. We have sort of Michael Papenberg on on stage left playing out slide guitar and regular and and regular lead and and rhythm. And he's like a secret weapon. He's a monster slide monster. player, which is pretty important <laughs> to do in some element. Mike Campbell is such an incredible slide player. Oh. You know, and then we have Monroe on, on on stage right, who's playing a lot of the more dirty Mike Campbell kind of leads. So we have this incredible, really neat balance where they get to trade off. Right. I mean, we we even will do things like in the American Girl solo, we'll actually have one guitar play half of the solo, and, and Monroe will finish the solo because right. there's two different sort of element styles happening in it, and it just makes it a nice show, and it's fun for them. So, yeah, uh, we'll do things like that. Yeah. Uh, and then we have, yeah, Stephen has been, uh, we call him the new guy is that in joke, it's <laughs> brony, but the reality is he's been around six years Out and he's okay. the last. He's of, the youngest. He's the youngest and member, free. but, uh, you know, he's, uh, so then with bass and uh, I would say there we are six with Heartbreakers, you know, uh, like the Heartbreakers. Yeah. The two uh, from, from those days of bars and, yeah. you know, we played <laughs> everything from a country bar, you know, with boots. <laughs> 90 million cowboy boots on the ceiling with dust that would like, yeah. would, you know, yeah. that you needed to go to a hospital. <laughs> and then I remember uh, leaving the bar after the gig and two guys were sitting there at the bar with cowboy hats. They said, come back when you learn some country, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, stuff like that. We played a taco stand. We, we really, you know, we yeah. wanted to play anywhere and everywhere at that point. And we had no idea where this was going to go, you know, yeah. but we had a passion about it. And that's, that's the you know that's the part of it that gets you where you got to go from the heart yeah you know? i think you know, i think we're doing a lot of uh we're uh, monroe and i uh we're in acoustic trios we do a lot of vocal work so and obviously with dan doing you know from beatles perspective and everything else so we love doing a lot of vocal harmony we yeah. probably there are a few songs we probably do a bit more vocals on stage than even what Tom would do, even though they had great vocalists. They did. Um, we had some three part. We had some three part. Monroe adds three parts to some things. You know, just stuff that great. we like that we feel like, hey, this would be kind of fun this right. way. But we love. I mean, I love doing background. Love doing interesting background harmonies. I think it makes the show have that extra icing that that really is enjoyable for people to hear when you have vocalists to pull it off. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, Django's my harmony guy to most of the vocals yeah. I do. So Monroe comes in later, and then when they're doing backgrounds, they do it together. But Django and me have been singing for twenty years. For twenty now, years now, yeah. And he's yeah. like the McCartney to my Lennon on, oh, on that stuff. So thanks, man. Well, and you you sort of got lucky there too that your voices work together because not yeah. even if even if a really good harmony vocalist, yeah, sometimes voices don't quite oh, mesh. True. And Tom obviously got very lucky with that as well. Yeah. So was that sort of when you heard that? I was like, oh, 
yeah, that works. This is going to, this is going to work. Yeah. Yeah. We were, uh, I think, uh, in that, I'm going to say that little, uh, the dinner we had where we, where we absconded the band from the rest of the other guys <laughs> in, uh, 2000, you know, three, 2003 or four, <laughs> I think, 2005. I think we did, we, we jammed some Beatles and I think we, we did jammed some other, you know, and we were finding our way as, as, as new, you know, musicians. We friends. did, I need you because of Petty doing it at the George concert. Right. Yeah, was too. Yeah. So that's actually was part of our because i love the beatles that was brought in yep. um and the harmonies to some of the stuff was great and the oohs and ahs and all that so you know there's that correlation between the two yeah you know um beatles to me and patty yeah. and Patty was a huge beatles fan and so it's great well of course they changed the world right so when you when you come and make this decision though that okay petty theft is now going to be a tom petty tribute act now you've got to sit down and learn like you said quite a lot of songs did yeah, you we... find that it sort of because what I found doing this podcast and really digging into the music in a you know in a deep way is at first glance or first listen, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers can seem oh that's pretty simple. But when you really start deconstructing it, you think, oh my God, there's a lot going on here. And it's really, really interesting and it's quite complex. So well, how was that process of kind of getting yeah. getting a grip of that? I mean, it's true that there are people that go, Oh, I'll just start a tribute band and Petty's really easy. I'll yeah. just do that. Yeah. I gotta tell you. When you go see a live band, no matter who it is, if you can tell real quick whether it's right or not. So, and Petty's definitely that. Like, yeah. you could say it's yeah. three chords, but boy, if it's not really with that subtle, uh, you know, character and icing and energy around it, it doesn't sound good. So you can see it in those <laughs> bands. You can you can hear it that they're not listening, listening. Yeah, they need listening. Yeah. They're 20%. not down. You know, the parts. You know. Yeah. We call the spokes of the wheel, really. I mean, that's yeah. kind of, you know, what I mean, that music is so is simplistic, but it's it is not. You know, yeah. there's times, you know, when it's like you really gotta listen to parts and what makes it really work. I mean, we're still. I, I would. I mean, we're still learning it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. We're, I mean, I'm always. I'm always relearning bass lines or rethinking about stuff or hearing. I mean, remember, I've, I've got Ron Blair to listen to, and I've got I've got <laughs> Howie to listen to, and. Yeah. Uh, the different ways that they played and the different and and the things they played, you know, the same and and the way that they play versus how I learned to play and what my, yeah. you know, so I'm always going, wow, this is how they do it. Or that special you know. line you pick up from a live yeah. tape, you go, yeah. hey, you know, listen yeah. to this. I'm like, that's great. Yeah. You know, that's there's a lot. So there's stuff. definitely a lot of that that keeps evolving. I mean, how did we, you know, to your question, I mean, I think we, we, we sat and we rehearsed a lot. We learned and we just kept learning more and more material. And we didn't sound that great in the beginning. I'm sure I know it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we've heard it. We've heard tapes. <laughs> early tapes. <laughs> you know, but we uh, we kept doing it. Well, we had a lot of players. Cut, you know, we had two. We got to the actual lineup, which which has been from 2008 or nine. Right. Those first four years were like people coming in and out. Yeah except for me and and Django and the drummer, he finally left. And there was a point where after about three or four years, right? Yeah. Drummer's like, I kind of want to move on from this and let's take a little time off. And we did. And I also was thinking to myself, do I want to pursue this? You know, do I want to kind of, yeah. I'm not sure. Um, and then this new tide of positivity came in and uh, Monroe yeah. and, and because of your friendship, yeah. Monroe, um, and was, Adam and Adam, he brought Adam in, and then this other guy, Chris Collins, who's amazing guitar player, keyboard guy. And I was playing keyboards as we were a five piece the first right. three years. I was playing keyboards in front, and <laughs> so it was good that we got rid of that, and I could just 
you know, designate being the lead guy. And then uh, that's how that kind of came. So really when Monroe and Adam came in, that's when it really, really so started to click. In, and we kind of knew at that first rehearsal, I remember looking at talking to Adam after the, after the rehearsal going, this is going to be good. Yeah. yeah we kind of knew, yeah. but you know, we didn't know exactly what, but said, this is going to be something. It was a really yeah. good feeling. So well, again, that comes across too, right? I mean, band dynamics, you can tell when a band's really having fun and when they're going through the motions, when they're just getting the job done on stage. It's really clear. As if you go to see enough live music, it's like, yeah, that guy is definitely not talking to that guy. <laughs> they're just right. not speaking. They're not looking at each other. They're not, you know, right. so, yeah. so it's great that you guys get on that. And, you know, obviously you guys have been friends now for 20 odd years. And Yeah, and then long, those guys longer. Yeah. yeah. They've known each other since high school. Three three of the guys, <laughs> Adam and Monroe and I all graduated the same year, same high school wow. in Mill Valley yeah. together. So we've yeah. been, uh, yeah, known each other a long time. There's a great chemistry. There's no doubt. I mean, it's like this, when we play together, it's definitely special, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's great. I mean, it's it's what you what you want, you know? Yeah. And this is your, you're on your, well, I mean, you've got longevity because this is your 20th anniversary tour is that yeah. you're yeah, currently right. on, right? Yeah. You've done Idaho, California, Washington, Texas. You're heading out to Utah, Oregon, lots more dates in California. Yeah. How's being on the road? Do you enjoy it? <laughs> I do. That's I a look. I'm, I'm the oldest in the band. So he's uh, like getting up early. I get a little cranky about getting up early. <laughs> and then the waiting and the, you know, it's, it hurts and wait. And you get there, yeah. you know, you have one day to do it and then fly back. We don't stay. And it's, you know, yeah. but when it's, when all is said and done, the hangout with these guys and, and, and all that, it's just, it's, it's fun. And, yeah, you know, pull up my socks yeah. and do it. Well, so, musician says that the waiting is the hardest part. That's where the waiting comes from. Right? And then so. playing for new audiences, especially out of California, it's, you know, there's a different vibe at times. Yeah. You know, I'm not to, sh to shoot down the Bay Area at all, but it's like, it's like you kind of go, wow, you know, certain areas that we play. Yeah. You know, just to add to that. I mean, we're, we, so now we regularly go to Utah and I guess this year we'll regularly going to Idaho. Uh, and, and that's just been amazing. So, um, We'll be in uh, in we're in in Utah in September. We're in we're in Idaho and then on a Friday and then Utah on a Saturday in September playing uh, at the State Room, which is a real you know we're playing venues now that like National Touring Acts go through and that's yeah. of course really really fun. The other weekend we were in Seattle at the Showbox and the Showbox oh. is where Petty Fest was. It's where obviously a lot of you know incredible Seattle bands played and uh, we had a you know a fantastic time. Had you know it was our first headline there and our fourth time playing there so yeah one is back it. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's, let's talk a little bit about the songs then because you know you've got this massive catalog yeah. and again when i started this podcast i was like okay well there's 16 albums i'll get through that in about four years and then i find playback and then i find anthology and i find it's like and all these b-sides and mud crutch oh yeah i should probably do the wilburys oh and i should probably do this too and it's like oh my god so when you're picking songs for a tour how do you go about that is it down to like, because I know in old bands, my dad was a, a musician when I was growing up, and he said that the singer, if the singer doesn't like the song, so like, oh, that's that gets cut straight away. So, right. what's your process for deciding on a set list? I mean, I think we uh, obviously we have to have the same balance that that Tom probably did, which is he's got to play some of the songs that are really well known. Yeah, he's got to blend it in with songs that. Um, you know, our deep, our deeper cuts. I mean, I, I, I start to get annoyed with the phrase deep cuts. I feel like all the music is you know, really awesome and I just enjoy doing it. But don't they call the, the, the 16 that they have to play or the 13 or 16 that right. they have to play? I think they yeah. said that's, that's where you start. Yeah. You yeah. know, then we kind of, 
you know, take it. From we there. still, we still, we, we yeah. change out stuff that we we're in a mode of playing. Well, there was a period of time we were playing a lot of damn the torpedoes and we were playing, you know, a lot more cuts from that. Um, yeah. And then, you know, and lately we've been working on a lot more wildflowers um, and doing crawling back to you and, and, you know, really a lot of, you know, and we want to do more house of, of the woods, you know, house of the yeah. wood, you know, just love that stuff. Really interesting stuff to play. I mean, I think we have to have that balance of, of playing songs that people really know, especially if it's a new audience of ours or a new audience of, of Tom's music, um, yeah. you know, but uh, uh, we, and we, make it a show and and we create um this you know emotional experience of, of what we're going to do form that music well that's because i was looking on setlist.fm just to kind of get a rough sense of what that looks like and you're you know you've got the other thing i noticed that threw me a little bit at first was that you got two covers in there that you do so you do oh, sure. papa's rolling stone and the joker fairly frequently i was like well why would yeah, they pick homework. those two I was thinking, well, why would they pick those two? And I thought, oh, well, because I mean, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers were one of the greatest cover bands of all time. Of yeah. course, you're going to throw a couple of covers in. Right. Well, so the Joker is a really good one. Uh, and it's interesting to me, uh, you know, two things. One, one, it was the song that inspired You Don't Know How It Feels. I mean, he's talked about it many times. Not yeah. everyone realizes that. And maybe they're like, what? We didn't, we didn't know that. We didn't know that at yeah. the time. At the time, it was just a natural feeling that we yeah. just felt something, did it. And now right. we've done it regularly. And what's what's a trip to me is every time we do it, even with a new audience, they all they it like they all yell at that moment. Yeah, just yeah. a funny thing. <laughs> that, they, they continue to do that. I continue yeah. to be so su surprised after twenty years. Of doing yeah, this. that was one of the. I mean, that's the <laughs> oldest one we've done. It is. You know, Papa was Rolling Stone was just just added in. I just kind of sang it because I'm like, this feels like that for a minute. That's how they happen. Yeah. and I think that's how um, Joker happened too. I was kind of like, and I love doing that. And yeah. I feel, and I think that most of us feel this way, is that even in a petty show, you want to just take them out just for a minute. Yeah. Just get them out of of that, you know, and a little entertainment there, but not, but respectfully, you know, um, and it's entertainment and it's, you know, it seems to work. You know, we yeah, won't yeah. do anything more than that, but. Yeah. Yeah. You know, That's super cool. Yeah. No. And you, so you do the Joker after you don't know how it feels then, right? Because you can lead. Basically straight into it. Is that kind of the set yeah, list? Is, it yeah, it sort of happens in the, well, when you see, come see a show, uh, Kevin, you will eventually <laughs> know. Um, but we we do it sort of uh, in the tail of the song and then we return back to, you don't know how it feels. Right. But, and we do it actually inside another jam that we take it even further. Like, I think the same with what Tom did. There are certain songs that he took to a different level. He, and we um, love doing that. In yeah. the road, Jack, he does on... Right. Um, in Breakdown. Breakdown. Yeah. Yes. He actually does that. Yeah, so yeah. I mean... It comes from that element, that feeling, a bit. just that sense of fun and playfulness. Yeah, yeah. fun and interplay, and yeah. and playing the music and enjoying playing the music and having fun with how things progress to other things. I mean, we're all every sound check we're jamming. I mean, yeah. we're just making stuff up and we're playing songs that inspired us, yeah. inspired our past. I always yeah. check on Bowie. I always check on um, my vocal Space Oddity. Uh, Space Oddity. Yeah, nice ground control. You know, do that, and then yeah, I get yeah, to, yeah. warms me up and. Stuff like that, you know, which we lo we love that music. And I and check on Joe Jackson. He and, does. And other <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm trying to, you know, it's always about trying to get something that gives the, the front of house guy the, the sound he needs to make us sound good. So, of course, yeah. And obviously, you know, as a cover band, when the Fillmore box set comes out and we get to hear, you know, all yeah. these, the 50 oh, yeah. covers that make that, that's where you think, yeah. This is a band that is kind of sick of playing the same things over and over the same way right. all the time. Absolutely. So they do this 20 date residency at the Fillmore just to break free. And so now we just want to 
kick out and have some fun. We're going to bring in some guest players, some of our heroes, and we're going to play the Stones, and we're going to play, you know, the Breeze, JJ Kale. We're going to play all these different tracks. That's so they, as an inspiration for a cover band, I mean, yeah, yeah. They well, were. we we take a lot from live anthology because obviously that was the main source material. Yeah. Really great recordings of of, and that's that's I would say is what yeah. fed a lot of how we started and evolved. Those are those are the tracks that I tend to to use and say to the band, let's look at what's happening within these to, to, to play with. Um, I went to the Fonda show, several of the Fonda show, Fonda theater shows uh, when he was doing that short run this was nice. version of the, he did an East coast and a West coast version of, of that same idea, what he was trying to do with the Fillmore at the time when he did it, the Fillmore twice actually. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, and it's great when uh, it was great when they get to explore the music and not play just the hits. And I yeah. know they loved it. They thrived on it. Um, and uh that's why we do go down to georgia yeah we love driving down to georgia yeah. you know, georgia, you know we do uh i mean we do a lot we we're we keep and we keep finding more i mean we will continue to find more there's a lot to yeah. do um yeah there is. <laughs> you know. well and it's all good and it's that's all the good. great that's the other thing that i just when i started going back and listening to this guy's discography so that album's good. That album's solid. This album's great. Then you get to Wildflowers. It's like, oh my god, one person wrote this record, yeah, yeah. and then even so, I've always said that the the thing that separates Tom from his contemporaries, maybe like Bruce or even Dylan, is that once he got to that stage where he could have gone into greatest hits mode and just tore it off the back of his greatest hits, he then puts out a blues album. He does Mojo. He then puts out Hypnotic Eye, which is yeah. this is a guy who's still his trajectory is still upwards as a songwriter yeah. and as a musician, which is pretty incredible for a guy that age and a, a sort of a band like that, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, all that was uh, we've with, there's songs off Hypnotic Eye and off of Mojo. I mean, we were doing I should have known it for a bit. Yeah. Uh, we love playing that. The challenge with this is, which is that they had a lot of guitars, and I should have known <laughs> to play in a in a in a in a step down in a one whole step down tuning, which would mean we would have to then also have those guitars, and yeah. there's just so much we can carry. Uh, over <laughs> I, I love singing that song, but though. he loves doing that song. And I do. We yeah love doing that song. And you know what? We did actually put in Black Dog because it was uh, just the end of it. It works nice. after the fill that, that they do. It's a very, it's a very, that riff is just the very, end of the song. Just you know end. that was Jimmy yeah. Pitt's influence. Yeah. Mike talks about it. It's yeah. that he's playing on that incredible Les Paul he picked yeah. up that influenced that whole album was this this very rare Les Paul. We've, we've yeah. only done that one maybe two shows. Yeah. yeah because of the of that. I, I, I absolutely love it. Yeah. yeah, but you know, I was looking through the, the list in like Night Watchman. I love that song again. You talk about deep cuts that people forget about. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's such a cool groove. Yeah, it's. Just, uh, I hate to say this, and they hate when no, I say this. No, no, so fine. for me, that song it reminds me of, of Grateful Dead influence. Yes, you know, okay. it has kind of feel the percussion thing going on. It's just very kind of deadish. And you he's know? very, and he was very Jerry Garcia influence. So I, was. I, I, I could totally see that too. Well, yeah, he absorbed, love, he absorbed all those things, didn't he? Like you could see, he was just such a student of music, and it all comes out. But it sounds yeah. like Tom, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, definitely. I love like I mean, there are songs that that I've got to pitch to these guys. But <laughs> I want to do um, "Waiting for It Tonight," the one that has the Bengals doing the background, which we yeah, have in our own way. I love that. That to me is actually a song that I, I that Mike played the bass line. It's kind of disco-y, uh, but it's not and. And uh, on the recording, he played he played the bass line on it, and I that's a song I would love to do. There's several songs like that that I go, wow, if I could figure out a way to pull that off. Yeah, <laughs> and you get like the super nerds in the crowd would just go nuts. 
Yeah. People yeah. like hearing a song like that because those those yeah, B sides and outtakes there, you just yeah. we get a lot of uh, we get a lot of people that want us to do Spike. Yeah, you know? or, or, yeah. or call on LSD. Yeah, I'm yeah. learning that one just yeah. for my solo gig I do just to, for fun. Um, another one I love is to find a friend. I'm just yes. falling in love with that song. Yeah, you know, a higher just... place and to find a friend are probably the next two that uh, that that Dan and I will learn first, to then yeah. to the band and go for. So is that the process? Then you guys work out some sometimes the parts, yeah. and then yeah. I mean, to really get a song down, if if we can get sell the lead singer on yeah. it fully, and he <laughs> and he gets the lyrics and everything, then the, the yeah. band will find its way, and it may not instantly find its way, but it will right. find its way pretty rapidly. Yeah, yeah. So. Cool, man. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, again, like I don't know how because this is always the thing when I when I, if I talk to anyone in a band is how do you pick songs because there's so many out there and there's going to be something you leave out that people are going to oh man I wish they'd done this one but looking through yeah the set list like you definitely there's a lot of wildflowers in there and I was yeah. thinking like wouldn't it be cool to do a one off gig someplace sometime to just yes. do the wildflowers album front to back I've been trying to I've been pitching that been talking about <laughs> forever actually let's we can talk so two things we have done we've done we did for a one uh, set of shows some years ago we did full moon fever. We did the whole yeah. album, and you know, back, to, you know, front to back. Uh, then another time we did "Damn the Torpedoes." Um, so we've done that whole album side idea, album side yeah. plus a bunch of other songs, obviously wrapped around it. Um, we would like to do "Wildflowers" that way, and then then the question is, you know, the how songs, to present it, how to present it, and some of the songs are a little bit mellower than others, or or unplugged show, an unplugged show, yeah, or do you have seems like strings along with it, or something kind of cool? I mean, there's yeah. all kinds, of, you know, horns like. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, so, you know, I could see us, I could definitely see us doing Wildflowers eventually. And then the question is, do you do, you know, the double album version of Wildflowers? <laughs> he, he added the, the, when he, the, the last release where they actually added all yeah. the rap, you know? Yeah, you put um, Harry Green in there and you throw in. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of information yeah. on the double, yeah. you know? I love uh, uh, Leave Virginia Alone. Leave Virginia Alone, yeah. yeah. And I actually like the, I like the demo version better Yeah, for me. And he also switches up the lyrics which is good. Well, those uh, demos, yeah. I mean, what a, just what a treasure trove for fans, right? When you listen to where these songs started and where they end up, and then you realize that, that, that still blows my mind completely that he wrote Wildflowers in one pass. Yeah. Like that right. demo is one pass, nothing written, just all came yeah. out. Like how, the, how does that happen? That's one of the, I mean. <laughs> yeah, he's packed yeah. into something. I didn't yeah. know that um, until the double album, I didn't know that Ringo actually played on that. That's Ringo. Yeah, yeah. that shuffle. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, because he's talking to him in the studio yeah it's like there he is it's like, wow man but as a vocalist because wildflowers has got like you said it's got so many different looks on it it's not all the same speed and that's where tom had that brilliant vocal ability again underrated i think to be able to sing different ways he could inhabit characters he had his really sort of choked out push that he could do but he had that really mellow thing where he could sing in that low register which is really difficult so as a vocalist it must be a lot of fun to explore and think well how am i going to do these how am i going to approach these no it's true and um obviously the lower petty from the 90s works for my voice better the right. higher stuff we have to we have to actually draw it down a few yeah uh, um just because it, it, it's and i think that even now he or before he passed he was doing some songs in lower keys yeah he was yeah he um, moves up. They, for sure he was yeah refugee i think was an yeah. e minor I mean, which is great for me yeah um we do free fall and i think he still does did it in f sharp but i i like it in e works better and yeah you don't have to capo it um things like that so but yeah i you know the early petty stuff is like I need brilliant <laughs> uh, but it's such a different voice yeah totally yeah, yeah. and I need... you know getting to those questions is like when i first heard 
ever heard him, it was um uh, uh what was it? Uh breakdown. That was the first okay. time I heard him on the radio. And I I thought I didn't think he was the person he looked like. I thought it was more of an ethnic kind of punk band because right. he had the whole it's the it's the way he had his style of of you know don't and everything like that it was just very punky to me well that was a character you know? I mean, breakdown such a character it that is. is that is a particular character yeah so there you yeah. go you know and he definitely is like mccartney you know can just do different voices you know my my first song so my first petty song this is we're talking in the 80s i'm in high school and i'm sitting on my bed and i'm learning change of heart on guitar nice that was because I was thought on the radio. That was the first song. I, I have a huge affinity for that song, just because of that 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 life experience. You know? Yeah. Uh, and I the, could play it. I could figure it out. It was bar chords. You know. Yeah. For three. You know, it was fun. It's another one of those songs, though, too. That I think it works so well because, like all the the truly great guitar riffs, it's really simple. Yeah. Dun, 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 uh, dun, yeah. Dun, dun. It's yeah. really easy. Yeah. It works so well. It's the same with you wreck me. I mean, it's just three chords, but my right. God, they just get yeah. you going, right? Yeah. Well, that and Absolutely. then the next layer of it that I get into as I'm older and learning about it, like we, I, I love doing change, change of heart because vocally there's this really cool harmony tension that's happening against yeah. those simple three chords. And that's what makes that song just sort of so cool. You know, well, I fought for you. I mean, yeah. it's just really, I mean, I, you know, and it's a certain era that he was writing in and, and it may not be everyone's favorite Tom Petty song, but certainly is one of mine. On offer, and again, an album that I think doesn't get quite as much love as it should long after dark is that it's that third album with jimmy iovine and it's at that point where they've sort of they're really good at this now they're really good at sort of writing arranging songs getting in the studio and getting really good takes and getting them sounding great yeah. and so i think it just because i think it's very polished i think that's where some of the purists think well you know this kind of sounds a bit like hard promises and damn the top of his uh, right. but there's some great songs on that album have you ever have you guys ever done straight into darkness um, it's one that's on my short list that okay. I want you guys to do. It. We it's, might have tried it in the early pad. Yeah, I think we uh, will. One of the guitar yeah. players. It's got the piano thing that feels a little um, uh, police-like. It's that yeah. little da, 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 da. It's got that whole little phrase against the three chords. Uh -huh. But it's a really cool song. Um, and uh, I, I can see us doing it eventually. It is something I want, I'd like to do. It's on my short list. Yeah. Runaway Train? Is that the one? Runaway Train is one of your favorites. Uh, I yeah. Now, I would do that not as 80s with the drum machine, but if we took that song yes. and made it more organic, yeah. it's a great song. Really I love song. that song. Yeah. And I just discovered that on the, um, what was it on? Um, That's also on Long Island. Actually, I don't even remember. It's on Let Me Up. Let Me Up. Yeah. yeah. But sure. I didn't know it till, till the greatest uh, on the, um, not the anthology, I think. It's, it's, it's not on anthology. No? No. Maybe you just sent it to I me. I sent you some, I sent you, I found a couple. Like, I love of, this thing, man. Yeah. I love this song. This is totally me. I found, I found some live versions where it didn't sound like their studio track. It has, doesn't have the synth parts are slightly different. Yep. And right. And I was like, that's how we want to do it with that right. edge. Yeah. Right. And then Mike, yep. Mike Campbell did a, a ver did a, uh, he he did a he taught he sort of did like a solo version of it on, on, on an Instagram thing like last year. I was like that song we should do that song. I love, I love those videos when he just gets super technical about oh this is how I constructed this and this is how I did this. Yeah, he's yeah. talking about the, the greatest songs of all time. Oh well, you know, yeah. just throw away. I just did that. And I showed Tom and he thought it was okay. So it's, right. I just love the casualness of it. But yeah, I mean, Runaway Trains. Like I said when I covered that song when I talked about it on the episode, I think it really suffers from that production aesthetic of the 80s it really gets locked into that time where yeah, if you yeah. do it without all that synth right. bloat right it's a really good song 
Really well, clearly, stuff. I'm going to have to listen to that episode of your podcast now that we know yes. what you're talking about. Because now I'm in. <laughs> I'm, I'm we're pitching that to the band now, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, we're in. That'll be It's also funny because you you mentioned the piano bit on um, uh, Straight into Darkness. Yeah, and I, that's the thing I mentioned when I covered that one. It's like, oh, that's King of Pain. Yes. So I don't know if Poli- if if Sting sort of heard that and thought, well, I'll use that. Well, or I, it's just I, that conversion evolution. Yeah. I, I look at that and I go, wonder what you know. You start to wonder which year something happens, and you go, who yeah, borrow something else. I don't know. It may maybe we we think that because we both hear it, but yeah. hey, it may have been totally organic and had nothing to do with each other. You know? Absolutely. Okay. Well, Petty Theft is on tour, the twentieth anniversary. Kind of always on tour. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I love too the fact that it's um because you're sort of listed as a Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers tribute, not just Tom Petty, which to me is really important because I've got this weird nerdy thing when I'm on Wikipedia and I go that I send up you know down the, the Wikipedia rabbit hole. Right. Anytime I see uh, Tom Petty and his backing band, the Heartbreakers, nope, go and edit that. That's coming out. They're not a backing band. They were a band. So I love yeah, it. I do a lot of wiki editing myself as well. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, yeah. Same. That was they were a band. I mean, it actually makes our tagline kind of long uh yeah. but we we you know and 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 hey every um every show we try to we we close the show by making a statement around honoring tom and honoring the heartbreakers because yeah. it was all of that it was all of them that created what they are and um they were an amazing band and um uh, you know, I'm I'm glad that some of us got to experience that, see seeing them, and yeah. glad that you know we we get to take we get to try to create our own experience of of this incredible catalog and music that they that they they put together. Um, so, what can people look forward to if they come to see you guys on this tour? Wow, uh, Thanks, what can they look forward to? I mean, I think they look forward to a great show that is everything from listening to be- beautiful written, well written music and being able to sing along with the parts that you want to sing along to and um, highly entertained and, and have a, you know, have a great time. Uh, And, and not at a, maybe as a giant venue and uh, as, as uh, uh, you may have seen him when, in his last many years of touring, um, but uh, in a, in a a more intimate setting, uh, I would say. And you guys are usually closing. I think this, the set list that is, you don't, uh, don't come around here no more, which I assume you go nuts with the outro and you just jam out until as long as you can, as long as they leave the lights on. Sometimes it gets kind of long. When <laughs> <laughs> you say that, we always look at Adam and go, come on, is he here? Come on, man. Let's go, let's go. Yeah. Uh, but no, we, you know, it is fun. It, and I don't mind if we keep going, keep going, really. It's actually it is jam out. Actually, and something that you will see, Kevin, when you come see us, uh, mm-hmm. we actually quote a bit of Wildflowers in the middle. Yeah. Don't come here no more. Just yeah. Because we, again, why? Why'd that happen? We found it. We found that moment. And it, yeah. yeah. I don't even know, you know. I think someone kept requesting it, requesting it. We couldn't do, we don't do it all the time. We do it yeah. when we choose to do it. We don't want to overburn it, you know, and it doesn't work in in the breakdown of the set unless you start it out. And, and actually, so lyrically, came from that. don't come right here no more. And then you belong among the wildflower. It almost kind of works. It's the, and it, it is in the <laughs> yeah. same and, Same it, and key. it's a it's a yeah so it's a really interesting progression so so we do that sometimes just a tidbit of it you yeah. belong uh, uh all we do is say you belong among our flowers you belong somewhere somewhere doesn't it and, and that's it. it and it goes back Doom, don't come around or whatever i come in my verse right there yeah so it seems <laughs> to work and people always go oh when, yeah. when they hear that and once they hadn't heard that song um and wanted it they get a little bit of it and they kind of yeah. go oh I love that. so yeah. Well, just from speaking to you guys now for a little over an hour, the one thing that 
when I do finally get down to wherever, if you come a little bit further north, maybe it'll be easier. But if I'm right. in Cali and coming out, what I'm looking yep. forward to is just a bunch of musicians who clearly still love what they're doing and play for each other as well as the crowd. Because again, to me, that's what the essence of music is all about. That's what I get off on if I'm in the crowd listening. Well, it is. Yeah. Thank you. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you called it. And so where can, where can people find you? If people are looking for tickets, if they're looking for tour dates, if they're looking for merch, where do I they mean, go? Uh, best is the wonderful wide world web of pettytheftrocks.com, uh, I would say. And 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 really, I mean, get on our email list, because which you can do from there, because that's the, the right way to be paying attention. And we are we are kind of uh, billed as San Francisco's tribute to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers to differentiate. A lot of the millions. Yeah. <laughs> seem to be Betty cover seem to be quite a few. Uh some some that have been around for a while and some that kind of came in afterwards. But um yeah, I mean pettytheftrocks.com is the best place. Uh we we're up to about 60 shows a year, kind of getting back to oh. that post post COVID. Yeah. And that's been great uh to be playing a lot. And we have um, three this weekend. Yeah, and we're starting the, tonight. We're playing for a, a Michael J. Fox Foundation fundraiser tonight. We're playing oh, cool. in- event in walnut creek tomorrow and then we're up in tahoe. in uh in north shore lake tahoe at the crystal bay club on saturday and that's a national touring venue it's a really great venue to play so um it's a it's a busy couple days right now <laughs> it's just getting ready to go out and do what you love right you just that's wait right. all you do is waiting to get on stage and enjoy that's it. Right. That's right it is the hardest part yes yeah <laughs> we're at it we're out we're actually out of here in about an hour and a half to to drive to that venue to right. play so uh, even on a Thursday. Even on a Thursday. Well, hey, thanks so much for coming on the show, guys. It's been an honest, a genuine pleasure. And like I said, I really do want to come and see you guys now because I feel it, it's oh, always different you. too when you've spoken to someone in a band and you Absolutely. have just a little bit of a different connection. You think, okay, yeah, they're the real deal. It was the same thing when I spoke to Jake Thistle, ah, the, you know, the young yeah, kid who's just got to build his career sure. now. Yeah. Same thing. It's like, yeah, this kid gets it. He's not faking it and he's not doing it, you know, because he yeah, can lean into Tom Petty and you can get people out. But you're doing it for the right reasons. And so this I, this episode will go out September 1st um, on a Friday. I'm going to put it out as a special app. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, you know, awesome. people, go check out Petty Theft. Go hang out. Go talk to the boys. I'm sure they'll chat to you after the shows. And, you know, no. Absolutely. So. Pleasure, pleasure. Thanks for having Talking us, Kevin. Talking to you, sir. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah, there we go. That, we'll, we'll wrap there. That's awesome. All right. Cheers. <laughs>